0: Welcome to a very special edition of Man on the Post. Uh, I am your host, Chris, um, and this is a very, very special edition. We're part of the World Football Index, by the way, sorry. Uh, this is a very special edition, uh, as I've got the manager of a national football team uh, with me. I've got Stephen Constantine, the uh, current manager of the Indian national team. How are you doing, Stephen? You right?
1: right? I'm doing fine, thank you very much, and uh, thanks for uh, um, inviting me on the show.
0: No problem. you just come back from Macau, haven't you, where India won 2-0 away. This is the Asian Cup qualifiers, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. Um, you told me it's a 28-hour journey back.
1: Well, um, it, actually, it's not 28 hours flight time, but we had nine hours in um, in the airport in Thailand. Um, then you have the... It was from basically when we left the hotel at 5 o'clock in the afternoon on the 7th. Uh, sorry, on the 6th, until I got home about 6 o'clock on the 7th. <laughs> so, that's
0: something a, like that. That's a lot. And <laughs> um, Balwant Singh scored two goals. Could you tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, Balwan is—he's uh, been on the circuit. Um, uh,
1: we invited him to the first camp we had when I arrived in uh, January 2015. Um, he didn't do enough uh, for me in, in that particular uh, camp. So he, he, he didn't make the, 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 the squad and um, in, in that season he had a couple of injuries he had a problem with his back and his hamstring and um, but but this past season uh, he he's um, he's, got, he's got a few goals he's been playing well and uh, we brought him in for this camp and um, you know I give him credit he, he worked his socks off in the camp he got his opportunity uh, in the second half against Mauritius scored. Um, came on against uh, started against St. Kitts not um, two games in three days was too much for him um, but uh, he came off the bench in Macau and, and got two goals and he could have had four so um, I'm very pleased for
0: him I was going to say, I was, I don't know who it was unfortunately because um, it wasn't an English commentary I was watching, I watched the highlights on YouTube you've got a left winger there with a really really good left foot whipping in those crosses who's, who's that? <sighs> That's uh, Holy Charan,
1: um, he's another one that we introduced when I came, Um tall, wiry player, um, he, he's very good with his right, he tends to go to cross it on his left, cuts it back and, and floats one in on the right or whips it in and um, he's, uh, he, he's done very well and also behind him you've got the, uh, the fullback uh, uh Narayan Das, who actually was the one who whipped in the cross for the, for the first goal.
0: That's right, yeah, I mean they both are very, very good players. Um, so where does that leave you in qualifications at the moment, then?
1: Well, um, we've played 3-1-3, three, three, scored 4, conceded none, 9 points, um, top of the group. Uh, we need another 3 points from the next 3 games, and we've uh, qualified for the Asian Cup in the UAE in 2019.
0: Excellent, OK.
1: Yeah, not bad, not yeah, bad. Pretty good, definitely.
0: Um so you've got a new book out called From Delhi to the Den. This is your tales of uh, football's most travelled manager. Um, this is available now. I've seen a copy in Waterstones myself, and I've read it, and it's absolutely fantastic. Normally, as I say, you pre-record with sort of my life with kids and stuff, to read a book is sort of a monumental task of a, a sort of month or two. Whereas this, I sort of nip through it in a couple of days. It's absolutely enthralling. Um, what or who prompted you to start it in the first place?
1: Well, look, um, there's been quite a few people who have said, uh, you know, there's a book, you should write a book, all your stories, all your uh, um, experiences. Um, But I think uh, the guy who pushed the most was a guy called Owen Amos. Um, uh, We've been friends now for the last uh, seven, eight years. And um, he, about four or five years ago, said, we need to do a book. He says, I'm going to do it. So... (laughs) We sat down and we we wrote three chapters uh, and he said okay and now you know now we'll get it out to the publishers it's, it's, it's a great read um, it should be okay and um, of course it it, it it was it was not okay um, was he was rejected um, almost as many times as I've been rejected <laughs> for for positions but like me he didn't give up um, and uh, we're very grateful that the corporate books um uh, decided to publish it but I think uh, from start to finish from the actual said we're going to do it to when it actually came out it was about six years
0: that's a long time isn't it I suppose it's very hard isn't it if you're on uh, one side of the world and he's on the other to sort of find time for you both to sit down and write it
1: well yeah I mean um, I'd come to England and then he'd come down to Brighton or I'd go up to his flat in uh, in London he came out to Cyprus um, for f- for a few days and stayed with us and um, it, it helps because we're friends. Um, he really has uh, done a fantastic job in writing it as if it was me speaking. and that that's not an easy thing to do. Um, you know I have so many friends who have known me uh, perhaps longer than Owen and they said to me, he wrote it like it was you. And um, I, I think that that was possible because of uh, the hours, days, weeks that Owen spent. Getting getting things right. I mean, everything that he wrote, he would send to me. Um, no, no, I don't talk like this. That's not. I wouldn't say that. Um, and and it, it really was um, a, a fantastic effort, uh, and he deserves a lot of credit for the book.
0: No, definitely, it's an absolutely an amazing read. Um, I wrote in the, my review for the World Football Index. I wrote that this isn't so much a sort of book written down. It's sort of chiselled out of stone or something like that because it's not like the usual autobiography because what you tend to get um, i was thinking about stephen Gerard all the way through reading this because his autobiography is you sort of have all those sorts of ilk you have um the first chapter or like a forward would be their sort of greatest moment and then it goes back to their childhood and and you know sort of blah 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 but by the end of about page four you've already left home haven't you you've sort of walked out of your home this isn't a sort of regular autobiography at all is it
1: well i think um if you're going to write an autobiography it should be warts and all um okay the 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 the, you don't um perhaps leave you leave a few personal things out but um people people want to know how did you get to where you are i mean sometimes i don't even know how i got to where i am um what is the uh what what is it that people want when you read an autobiography they want to know about you about how you did what you did how you how you was able to do what you you were able to and you know i think everybody has has their own story and uh, and for some people it's been a, a fairly straightforward uh uh path uh, for me um, we didn't have a path it was what, whatever happens happens kind of thing so um my my life has been uh, uh moments if you like um and different things happen in different moments at different times. So there was never, well, this is what you need to do uh, to, to get there, to go there. there. There was no easy path for me to, to follow, if you know what I mean. Um, uh, possibly because I was not a big big name ex-player. If I was a big ex-player, maybe maybe I don't have the, 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 the story to tell that I have now.
0: You talk quite a lot about, you're very honest about your, your early life, your um the death of your mother your relationship with your dad and all that sort of thing did you was it quite a cathartic thing or did you tend did you sort of read back through it and think and change your mind about how events happened in the past or look at things differently at all um it was very difficult to write i can tell you that yeah i can imagine reading the words definitely
1: and um i, I think owen uh, uh, as again he he deserves a lot of credit because the way it comes out it it, it that's how it was Um, look, I I can't change anything, um, that's happened, um, I, I, for as long as I can remember, I only ever wanted to do one thing, Chris, and that was play football, and after that, well, what else is there? Coaching. Um, so, so for me, that, that's all I've ever focused on, and uh, I, I think that's what possibly saved me from going down, um some uh, um, some other paths, if you like. Um, I, 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 I look back and I think, wow, did I do that? Um, you know, it's... Um, <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question.
0: No, it does, definitely, because you had all that to contend with as well, and you didn't find it easy um, to become a footballer, did you? You sort of took a very sort of left-field route. You were rejected by, I think it was Chelsea, wasn't it? And then you ended up in... New York trying to forge a career uh, while at the same time sort of working in gas stations, selling things on the street, that sort of thing. You describe yourself as a very physical kind of player in the book. Mm. Did all those experiences of trying to make it the hard way and, and, um, uh, and situations within your childhood, didn't that sort of influence the player you were?
1: Um, I've always had to work very, very hard at whatever I've done. Uh, school. I would have to study much harder than anybody else and, ever, and invariably I didn't um, because all I wanted to do was play football. Um, and I think anything that I have managed to get, I've, I've, I've got because of my hard work and determination and said, I want to do this, this is what's going to happen and this is how I'm going to do it. Um, I, I don't know, it's... Um, I, I think that's something from within, Chris. Uh, once I decide I want to do something, I will do it. It may take me a while, but I am going to do it.
0: Yeah, you, there's a very definite determination in there, in within the book, because you take these sort of jobs within New York. I think you were selling, was it flowers on the street you were selling? Or something, you are selling something on the streets of New York, weren't you? And you were working in a petrol oh. station and… I was I was selling watches. <laughs> watches, that was it. Yeah, you were selling items on the street, weren't you? While all the while trying to um, sort of yeah. <laughs> make your way as a player. So there is there is a grim sort of determination within you, isn't there?
1: Well, there is. I think uh, there, there is in, in in everybody. But I think uh, look, did I have a choice? Um, I wanted to play football, and I knew that I I, I could not go through the conventional route because maybe I wasn't good enough or whatever, but I did want to play football, and um, I did. Um, I played to a decent level. Uh, They paid me. Um, Not much, I admit, but um, (laughs) I I can say that I was a professional player, Um, even if it was for five minutes. I'll take that. I had to play for England for five minutes and give five years of my life. you know it's 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 um it's just how things came
0: yeah uh you had to retire early through injury didn't you were you doing your badges before you retired or after you retired your coaching badges
1: um i was i started doing my um the d license in the us which is like a weekend course um i was about 26 um so i i had done up to my b i think by the time i was 28. And then I snapped my um, my ACO, and obviously that put me off the, 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 the grid for a bit. And um, I, I went back uh, uh, later to do my A license in the U.S. Um, in, in the meantime, um, uh, it was after the injury that I did my... Um, My uh, preliminary, then I did the intermediate, then I did the FA Advanced, the full badge as it was then. In fact, that was 96, which was the last time they they held the FA full badge. Um, And then I did the conversion, UA for conversion, then I did the pro, uh, uh, and by that time I had um, uh, been asked to join the the, the list of FIFA instructors in 2000, so um,
0: it it turned out pretty good. So when you take your a license what is it they ask you to do is a lot of theory work in a classroom or do you have people watching you take coaching sessions how does that work
1: well when we did the full badge we had four four practical sessions that were between 30 and 45 minutes each Uh, and in that session you were given uh, uh various topics um uh, finishing from wing play, uh, counter attack or defending in the third or shooting in and around the box and all these wonderful, uh, <laughs> um, uh, topics that they come up with. Um, and then you had, uh, a number of, um, uh, mm-hmm. tasks to do, uh, theory tasks, uh, you know, analyze a game, um discuss uh, formations, discuss uh, methods of training and stuff like that. Um, but uh, before, before I think it was, for me, slightly better in that uh, more emphasis was put on the practical side. Um, and I think y- you should not fail a coach because he didn't fill out his logbook. You should fail him because he didn't see the mistake on the pitch or he couldn't uh, uh, um, rectify um, a, pr- a problem in training. Um, now it, now it's um, I, I've done some um, courses for the FA in, in delivering uh, Level 1s, Level 2s, Level 3s, what have you. Um, and uh, there's so much emphasis put on the logbook and um, ticking all the boxes. And I think uh, coaching for me is about coaching players on the field. Yes, there needs to be uh, um, time spent in the classroom, of course. Uh, you need to be organized, you need to be... Uh, um, able to, to to deliver presentations and what have you but at, at the end of the day if you can't coach you can't coach and uh, those mistakes are going to be found out on the pitch um, um, you know when, when I do courses for FIFA and that I don't think I've ever failed anybody because he couldn't write his name in English um, or he couldn't spell something uh, um, in, in a theory class it, me it, I will fail him because he didn't do the the things he needed to do on the uh, on the
0: pitch hmm. how do you coach someone who's better than you as a player because uh, I mean you, you it's I was just thinking Cristiano Ronaldo but he's obviously got Zidane there as his manager but you've got someone like in tennis you have Roger Federer one of the best players of all time who's obviously got a coach who wouldn't be as good a player as Roger Federer was so how do you coach a player that is much better than you what can you, what, what, what could a coach teach a player in that respect
1: that is a, a fantastic question I must say thank you um, no no I'm serious because look when these uh, ex-players say we should be fast-tracked um, because we played professionally, therefore we know the game, let me put it to you this way: How many years does a child spend in school?
0: Uh, well, we could talk to from four up to twenty-one if they go to university, can't we? So, what's that? so say fourteen years.
1: Yeah. When he's finished at twenty-one, is that child qualified as a professor?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: Indeed. okay so then a 15 year career in football how does that make you a
0: coach um i suppose what they could say is they've they've had the benefit of being taught by many coaches and they picked up the good and bad points from them is what they could say
1: yeah they could say that but put that into practice
0: uh you don't i mean yeah you you don't see it very often You, you have alan shearer don't you who tried it and didn't succeed
1: You had many more than Alan Shearer's. Mm. Uh, um, Look, just because you play the game, it doesn't make make you a coach. Uh, Just because you went to school for 14 years doesn't make you a professor. You've got to go and study to be a professor. What do you need to study to be a professor? Well, how do your players or students learn? What do they need to learn? When do they need to learn? Where do they need to learn it? Um, You have all of these uh, other things. How do you present to your players? How do you analyze a match and then... Show the players. Are you going to show them the entire 90 minutes? Or are you going to break it down? How do you break it down? How do you do all those things if you've never done them before? You've seen them. You've seen them on TV. You've seen them in the dressing room. But how do you do it? Uh, And, um, you know, I I had the opportunity to meet uh, uh, Platini uh, uh, several years ago. And I said to him, why don't you coach? Obviously, he loves the game. And he said to me, Because I didn't know how I did the things I did on the pitch. How am I gonna show the players that? So the the bit where we say they should be fast tracked. They shouldn't be fast tracked. Their demonstration is brilliant. Because they've been professional players. But what about their organization? What about the detail? How do you know how how do you know that a player has understood what you've told him just because you've you've pinged the ball sixty yards and maybe he can't? Do you
0: think
1: circle? I, I, I I Made a point of doing my uh, my licenses in England with the pros. There's two two times in a year um, that that you have the license, and one of them would be the end of May, which is when the pros went it, and then you'd have it in July, when other people did it. Okay, and the reason the reason I went uh, every time was at the end of May, beginning of June, was so that I could be tested, um, not only in my knowledge, by these uh, uh, ex-players, and to be fair. 99% of them were as good as gold to me. Uh, they didn't treat me any different than they treated the other uh, um, uh, guys on the course. Um, but my demonstrations were, were as good as any. Okay? And that's all I need to do. I need to demo. If I if I want a player to ping a pass, I'll ping the pass. Um, so if, if you're going to coach the players who are better than you, um, at least be able to make a demonstration. Okay, you're not going to beat six players and, and go down the wing. <laughs> but but um, you, your your knowledge your in terms of organizing um, the the want from you to be able to improve the player even better we can always get better so uh, if the player if the player has the attitude that he don't need to get better you' got nothing to offer me then you got a problem but uh, if the player is there to learn and he wants to improve and I think most players on the pitch they, they they want to improve their game they want to get a little bit better uh, I think it's not it's it's not been an issue
0: so far so you can still teach Cristiano Ronaldo how to strike a football as it were
1: well I wouldn't I wouldn't you see th- that's the wrong way of putting it I wouldn't tell Cristiano how to to, to, to uh, ping a ball it, it might be now in his situation we might be saying look you don't need to be bombing on every time you're 34 years old um why don't you hang out a little bit, uh, uh, edge of the box, let somebody else go in there? You stay out. You've got great shot, great positioning, little things like that. I mean, um, it, it doesn't have to be something where you physically have to do something. It could be, did you think about that? Or what about that? It's um, that's coaching.
0: OK, excellent. Sorry, it's just something I've always wondered with um, with with things like this as well. Uh what also comes across in your book is the level of professionalism that uh, you place on yourself, um, which is regards to sort of your early coaching badges, but also the level you place on other people as well. Players turn up on time, they dress smartly, they, um, and from the administration as well. There was issues with the wages with the Rwandan players when you were managing Rwanda, um, There was a couple of players who were star players for their countries. Who you did you send home because they'd been out late or they did arrive for training late? Um, One one two players
1: uh, went out the night before the game. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, And then there was the guy in Rwanda who turned up uh, a day after the camp began, just because he didn't (laughs) he didn't fancy coming that day. Um, Look, uh, I, I. rules are for everybody that's including the staff including the players um, and the administrators and everybody there needs to be some kind of uh, uh, um, discipline that that should be there Uh, i'm not saying um, uh, you know we 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 rule with an iron fist and there's flexibility but you know you you want you don't want players turning up to games wearing uh, the baseball caps turned the wrong way around um, that, that, that doesn't reflect the club. Um, it, it may even be somebody different to the sponsor of the club. So, you know, you have to think of uh, um, portraying yourself in the in the best possible light. Um, and it, it's not about being old school or new school. It's it's just about doing the right thing. I mean, you're representing your country. Um, everybody's looking at you. Um, and, and I think that it's important that you you um, you make sure that everybody is. Is in the same the same sort of uh, pathway. Um, I don't know if that's considered old school anymore. I mean, I think that's we don't sure. have basic professionalism, isn't it? Well, I think so. I mean, uh, look, you see the boys um, uh, turn up to the uh, to the games on the Premier League. Uh, how smart do they look when they turn up in their suits? I, I don't say they should all be in their suits, but there are occasions when you're at home, I believe, where afterwards there's going to be a dinner upstairs in the, in the boardroom or in, in 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 the clubhouse or something like that. And and people are looking at you, and you've got to look smart. There are the times where they come in in their tracksuits, um, but they're all wearing the same things, and that's that's fine. I mean, um, it, it's as you say, we are professionals, and we should maintain our professionalism at all times.
0: Yeah, because when you first arrived in India, the uh, India where the players were sleeping in the the stands, weren't they, before the game? Yep, yep. Which, yep. Oh. <laughs> it's not something you'd expect uh, Neymar to do, I suppose, is it? So, I mean, you. Oh. Was it North Korea where you said that the hotel wasn't ready? Uh, and I think you mentioned Brazil there, didn't you? You said that you know it would be ready for them, so why isn't it ready for us? No, that, was, us? In Japan. Japan, that was in Japan. Japan, sorry. Yeah, yeah well, we didn't have the tables. That's right. You said it would be ready for Brazil, so why isn't it ready for us, which is a very valid point, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, look, um, you can look at some of the countries that I've been in and think, well, they're not superpowers or they're third world countries. But they are people, um, they deserve respect. I, I don't care about uh, uh, um, colour of skin or religion or, or, or political views. I, 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 I'm not interested in that. I'm, we are here uh, representing our country, whatever country that is, and you need to treat us with respect. Um, that's all that was about. Um, we got it, though.
0: Is it? Uh, do you have more importance being a national team manager um the position itself of national team manager is it more important in a developing country such as malawi or sudan um where you have got cases of incredible poverty uh you have places where people the life expectancy isn't as long um and there's very sort of key positions within the country obviously a prime minister president and then national team manager of football is the national sport is that a very important position for a developing country
1: uh, I think it is for any country. Um, how important is it to be the, the national team manager in Spain? Uh, is it more important than being the national team manager in India? I don't think so. Um, obviously, there's different uh, um, uh, there's different ways of working and different ways of doing things, but um, you are representing 1.3 billion people, um, and that's only in India. Um, so, so. I, I don't think um, I don't think sometimes people realize the magnitude of the responsibility and the the pressure that comes with that. Um, and I think I tried to portray that in the book. Um,
0: I think you did with I, Malawi, didn't you?
1: Yeah, uh, but it's like that in in, 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 in everything. I mean, um, it it it's quite a big deal
0: if you're a manager of the England team you know, or Spain team, then they're both fairly settled states. They're both um, very prosperous countries. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me. They're both very prosperous countries. You talked about the poverty in the book in uh, Malawi. And there's obviously poverty in Sudan and um, in India, where else you've managed. You, you must see that as you walk down the streets and you must feel a greater sense of responsibility to get things right. Do you?
1: No, I, I don't think I feel a greater responsibility than I already feel, Chris. I am hugely aware of why I am in that particular country, um, what I need to do to, 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 to help. I, I believe that um, I can make a difference, um, and if that makes XYZ happy, then that's fine. I mean, obviously, you. I, I look at it as, look, if the national team is doing well, then the whole country is happy. I have seen uh, um, countries uh, um, stop, stand still because the national team is, is playing or because we've suddenly won two games in a row. Um, I, I've seen what it what it does to people. Um, it may be not so obvious in, in England or in Spain, but... Um, you wait to see if England get to the quarterfinals and the semifinals of the of the World Cup again, and you see what happens in England, and 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 how that those results um, translate into a feel good factor about the whole country uh, at that point in time, and it, it's it's massive. And I think uh, Gareth and and and, and the, the Spanish managers and German managers and uh, they 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 all feel that. Um, they have a huge responsibility um, to, to, to their cause as much as I do to mine. The way you put it is from a uh, um, a, a human perspective. In, in, in that, in the third world country, there's a lot more suffering. So, does that make your job more important? Um, I don't know if it makes it more important. Um, but you are, yes, acutely aware of. Of what's going on around you and, and and the suffering that 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 you see on a daily basis, uh, which obviously the England manager doesn't see.
0: No, I, I was always struck with Didier Drogba when he played for Chelsea because when he first came over here, he had this sort of reputation as the diver and he sort of shouted into the camera when they lost the Champions League semi-final and things like that. But when you saw him play for the Ivory Coast, he looked like a completely different person. He took on a completely different stature when he played for the Ivory Coast, and I just wondered yeah. if there was anything in, in sort of in that well, at all.
1: If, you go, if you've been to Abidjan uh, um, or the Ivory Coast, which I have, uh, there, there, there are posters all over the country with his face on it. Um, and, and, you know, an African player, uh, I, I think not many people have any idea what they have to endure um, to, to get where they get. Um, you know, when uh, uh, Mark Vivian Fo passed uh, um, uh, several years back, they didn't find any money in his accounts. Uh, and after FIFA made some investigations, they, they discovered that he was supporting around twenty five different families that were either directly or indirectly related to him um, and This is the pressure that the African players have as well when they go out um, they are looking they 're looking after their mother their father their brother their sister, and all the other hangers on that that, that um, uh, want them to send the money and in some cases they are threatened um, you know, it's it's it's. Uh, I don't know if that we're going off the topic, but
0: no, no, that's fine because was, that was quite a recent thing with Emmanuel Adebayor as well, wasn't it? He has an enormous sort of entourage of family and and people to support. So no, I, I was just sort of interested in in sort of that aspect at all. Do you feel greater pressure with a billion people uh, managing a team with a with a population of a billion people? Is that <laughs> I, I can't well, even I can't even imagine a billion people. So you know, it's sort of managing a team with that number.
1: No, I think, um, no, I I, I don't feel, the pressure I feel, uh, Chris, is um, I want to do well um, because the people have employed me and they trusted me and they've given me the the freedom to do what I want. So obviously, um, there's that. I want to do well because if I do well here, it means somebody will want me um, when I'm not here um i want to do well because i want to make sure that my my girls get get their education um i want to do well because i like doing well um uh, i want to do well because I, I i i'm a competitor i just i i mean i i i hate losing on playstation what can i tell you
0: <laughs> you hate losing uh, to your kids i don't let them win <laughs> yeah i'm very much the same and yeah You talk in your book quite a lot about, I mean, certainly the early part of your career, you were looking to get back to England quite a lot to manage within England. I just kept reading it thinking, why? Um, I know you're sort of, I think a large part of it was the fact you wanted to be sort of stable and around your family and have something a bit regular, but maybe it was just from a reader's point of view rather than the fact having to actually live it ourselves. Um, I just kept thinking you're on this amazing journey of of managing teams around the world. Why would you want to come back to England and and manage here?
1: Well, look... um... The centre of the universe, as far as football is concerned, is England. Mm. Okay, everybody watches the Premier League, everybody watches the FA Cup, and most players want to play in England at some point in their career. Uh, most managers want to coach in England at some point in their career because it's it's the place to be uh, from a football perspective. And um, yeah, I had a year with Millwall, which was unbelievable. Um, I, I, I never worked so hard in all my life. Um, I, I don't know. I did about a hundred thousand miles that year. Um, but um, look, I for for I, I for a long time wanted to come back to England. Um, now, it, look, I, I can't say that if uh, 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 somebody in England called me and said, "Look, we've got, we want you to be our manager. Um, this is what we have, and all the rest of it." If it was the right opportunity, if it was the right club, the right circumstances, uh, would I consider it? Of course, I would consider it, but uh, at the moment, um, I, I'm, I'm real good where I am. As you say, I am uh, um, literally living the dream. I have been to more countries than than, than I can count. I, I have seen things that most managers uh, in England uh, they would only read about it in my book.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. um, and and I, I'm very, I'm very uh, uh, thankful that. I have had the career that I've had so far and I hope that continues where, wherever that is. Um, it's it, it, it's not going to change me whether I'm in England or I'm in US or China or wherever. Okay.
0: You talk a little bit about the glass ceiling within coaching within the UK. Chairman afraid to take a punt on someone like you because they'd rather have the club legend that played for them for 10, 15 years, or they'd rather have someone that's been on the managerial circuit in this country for quite some time. If someone of your stature can't break into that glass ceiling, it must be difficult for other people as well. Well, look, I think it's
1: who you know. You have the reserve team manager of Borussia Dortmund coaching in the championship. How does that happen? Mm. You know, um, you have to wonder what's going on um there's um a number of foreign coaches if you like uh getting jobs in england um because of who they know and that's that's i don't have a problem with that um uh, if they have the qualifications good luck to them um so i you know it it is what it is it's not something uh, um that i am in i am bitter or twisted about i mean um like i said i'm i'm, I'm having the time in my life at the moment so um it, it, it's it's not um it's not i have to go in england otherwise i i i, I feel that my my life is incomplete uh, that, that's not the case at all but um you know you 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 learn in this business you go where you are wanted where you are asked um uh, and, and if a position is appealing, then uh, you decide whether you take it or not. Um, I haven't applied for a job in England for, for some time now. Um, I haven't applied for a job anywhere for some time now. Um, so, so that means I'm doing something right. Um, people, um, people can see uh, from the work that I've done, and it's like, um, okay, what we've achieved in the last three years in India is... Um, is pretty good but then if that was done in europe it would be phenomenal
0: yeah i mean we saw how iceland and wales got on at the euros last year um but then exactly exactly so you, you can put india in in if we qualify for the asian cup you can put india in that
1: category regardless of what happens at the uh the asian cup
0: but then you don't see Michael O'Neill linked with any jobs. And you look at the work that he's done with Northern Ireland as well. You don't see him linked with any sort of vacant Premier League or Championship jobs. Well, maybe he's not looking. No, maybe not. Maybe not. That's true. Um, yeah, I don't think you came across as bitter in the book when talking like that. I think you just came across as, as sort of a bit... Uh, fr- I don't think you were frustrated now. That didn't come across in the book. I think you're sort of looking back and it came across as you were a bit sort of frustrated at the time that you were no, doing no. all these things. <laughs> You, you 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 kind of, you can't.
1: Um, I'll give you an example at Barnet, for example. They said they, they put six names up on their on their website, and they said uh, whoever wins, we were we were interviewing. I won. They didn't interview me. Hmm. <laughs> Look, the, the 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 thing in England is um, the chairman, most of the chairman, and I have to take Norman smurthway out of this because. He, he was the guy at Port Vale that um, said, here are the keys to the building. Come and, come and, come and do it. Um, but at the end, when we got to, well, which staff can I bring? He says, well, Michael Brown will be your assistant. Um, this guy will be the goalkeeping coach. And I said, hang on a minute. You're giving me the keys to the building. It means I can do whatever I want. I'm not going to bring my staff. He said, well, you know, we want you. We don't need your staff. I said, yeah, but I need my staff. And I'm not bringing 10, 15 people. I'm bringing two or three guys that, that know how I work that will go into their different areas of the club and transmit my philosophy. So I can't have a physiotherapist, for example, that is somebody who spends hours and hours with the players talking crap about the new manager because he wasn't the one who bought him in. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So there, there, there needs to be a, a, a um, you, you need to have the right to bring in people that are going to help you. Okay, And I don't say that every time you go to a new club, that you've got to remove all the staff uh, or anything like that. But you have the right to do so. And uh, perhaps some of the staff you want to keep and some of the staff you don't. Um, but, but that's that, that's how it should be. And I think, look, the chairman uh, is better the devil you know. So how does this, how does this guy get the job at uh, 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 um, Huddersfield? Uh, how does he get the job at Norwich? Uh, and you think, well, clock now, maybe he's... Uh, uh, recommending people, um, the agent of Klopp maybe is the same agent with these guys, so so that that, that helps. And look, uh, I I don't say they're good or no good. Um, uh, what I say is that um, it, it should be that you 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 take the best person available for you, okay. And if that's me, fine. If it's not, that's also fine. Um, again, I, I, I don't know if I explain myself. Um, I, I, I sometimes find I. I go off on different tangents
0: no no you got that's perfect okay absolutely perfect and um, yourself with the manager of the indian job um how does that work i mean that's my own sort of little again my own sort of little fascination with these sort of things behind the scenes so you you're in india your family are they back in cyprus are they
1: yeah i have uh, one daughter studying at sussex uni yep um and the other two girls are with their mom in cyprus
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, I sort of think that because you think not just as much as yourself, you think footballers that move from place to place to place. I mean, every time a footballer moves or you move in your job, that's a family uprooted or a new school to go to or a, a house to move and all that sort of thing. These are all the big things we don't, which are big for a family, definitely, but it's not the sort of thing we tend to hear about, are they? When um, no. When a manager takes a new job or a player joins a new club. but How big a consideration is family uh, logistics when it comes to uh, choosing a job or a club <laughs> can I say none oh, really uh, <laughs> well
1: look um, when um, when I uh, was contacted by Malawi let's say um, they actually flew me over um, and told me before before I got off the flight that you, you're going to have the job uh, but we just uh, we just want you to do a training session. Basically, we're going to give you the job. Um, now, I didn't say to Lucy, what do you think, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's, right, we'll take that. Uh, and then I come back and I said, well, we're, we're, I'm going to Malawi. Now, the the, the big issue there is, uh, as you know, I went to eight different schools and I left school when I was 16 and a half. Um, I, I did not want that. To be the case for my girls um, you know I, I, I have huge respect for the military I know a lot of guys in the Air Force and the army and what have you in the UK and um, they move every three years or every four years but everything is laid on you know I mean everything uh, school uh, logistics travel it's done with a military precision when they move uh, with us and clubs and, and national associations, it's not like that. So we decided at, at, at one point that we needed to have a base. Uh, now, if, if tomorrow I got a job in the MLS, uh, would the girls move? Probably finish the year in the school uh, and then think about where they are in terms of a school. So the little one is 12. Um, let's go. Uh, the, the elder one is 17. Uh, She needs to stay, so maybe I would leave them there for a year until they finish the school, Um, and we would go because uh, it it would be easy for Lucy to integrate in the U.S., or if it was Australia, or if it was back home in the U.K., Um, but uh, now do I bring the two girls to start a slightly different education system in India? Um, I I am in my apartment uh, for the first time in three and a half months, uh, and I, I, I live here in Delhi this is the first time I am in three and a half months away from my apartment
0: is that because of work is it?
1: yes yes uh, look I have camps I go to watch the 23s I, 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 I deliver uh, scouting um, seminars for, for, for different states um, uh, I'm going, I'll be going to watch players and games uh, uh, starting in November uh, so so is there there a point to bring Lucy uh, and and two girls and okay I would see them more than I see them now but what life would they have Hmm. Um, and and so both me and Lucy we we decided we made the ultimate sacrifice okay go and do what you're going to do because that's all you do and that's what is going to keep us afloat Um, I will stay here and uh, look after the kids and you know get home as often as you can um, and, and, and that's how we've done it for the last I don't know uh, six years maybe because uh, 2013 I was in Greece 2012 I was in Cyprus yeah so since 2012 um, I I've been away but okay I was away in Malawi I was away in Sudan um, then I had four years in Cyprus which was great um, and then obviously I um, uh, I had to move and I, then I went to Greece um, okay that was a little bit closer so I got back um, fly back it's an hour and a half so you fly back for two or three days sometimes but when you're with a club it's more difficult you've got to be there every day and um, so being the national coach has its advantages um, in, in that you're not playing and you're not training every single day although I run the under 23s I have access to the 19s so I am quite quite active but um, yeah I think if I if I went to a club in China for example or, or, or somewhere where it, it would not be conducive to the girls um, uh, schooling they would have to fly over there mm. whenever there was a school break as opposed to me I, I couldn't come back for the weekend or because you have an eight, nine-month season. So uh, if that was the situation, then uh, we would get them to come in, whether they liked it or not, but you need to come because otherwise I'm not going to see you for a year. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: No, no, that's fine. It's just something I've always sort of wondered myself. Um, as national team manager, you're what do you do between games? Do you, you're obviously scouting players, you're scouting potential teams you're going to play as well, or you're working on... Um, sort of presentations or, uh, or or you say you're coaching the under 23s what do you do between sort of national team games
1: well uh, my, uh, you pretty much, you much answered your own question I see, is it? <laughs> well look um, I, I I am watching games I am flying um, uh, so
0: how many games a week do you watch
1: um,
0: f- physically uh, yeah physically yeah uh, maybe three Okay, and then uh, you watch more on the TV. Yeah, but you say,
1: yeah, okay, like it's nothing. Um, no, I you're, you're in
0: like, India, so it's a big, it's a bigger thing, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, let me give you a, a little breakdown, uh, Chris. So I'm going to go and watch a game in Calcutta, for example. So I need from my apartment an hour to get to the airport, okay? Uh, and if you've been to the airports in India, you know they're quite busy. Yeah. Um, so, by the time you get through security and you're actually waiting for your plane, that's another, at least an hour, and then you maybe got another hour for the flight, two hours for the flight. So, right there, I've given you five hours, uh, and that's on a, on a good day. Yeah. Um, from leaving the house to actually getting on the flight. Then you have the flight itself. That's another two hours, two and a half, whatever. Then you get out. Then you go and pick up your bag. And you've got to get outside, uh, get a cab, um, or a car usually is, is, is there ready for me. Uh, and that will take me, which is uh, from the airport to the hotel sometimes. Sometimes I'll go direct to the game, depending on when the game is. Usually I go the day before the game uh, or the day of the flight, the day of the morning of the game. So if I leave my house at uh, uh, 6 o'clock to catch a 9 o'clock, 9.30 flight, um, and the game is at 5 o'clock that evening, Um so for, uh, you have the time from the airport to the hotel, then from the hotel to the stadium, and then back, and then time for a quick uh, uh, bite. Maybe that's 12 o'clock at night, and then you get up at 7 o'clock in the morning to catch a 11 o'clock flight to go to Bangalore or, or something like that. Now, that doesn't happen every week, but when it does happen, that's how it happens. And so you have... Uh, I'll go to a game on Monday, on Wednesday, Saturday, maybe two. If there's two games in that state, I'll stay and watch the second game the following day and then come home on Monday, change my bag and, and then go out again and
0: do the same. OK, no, sorry, I wasn't trying to appear flippant. I didn't I didn't have appreciation of no, 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 how big, um, no.
1: of course, India's no, a bit bigger
0: yeah. than where I am. Um,
1: I, I can do between 10 and 14 flights in a month.
0: Wow, OK. Uh, And sorry, because I'm trying to sort of get behind. We obviously see people on TV, managers on TV watching games. I'm just sort of trying to get the sort of what it means to you to actually have to get to that game behind behind those sort of scenes. Um, Look, you see you you, look, Chris, when you go to a
1: game, uh, uh, you see everything. When you watch the game on TV, you see 50 percent of what you want to see. I'm interested in the warm up. I want to see the players in the warm-up. I want to see their their, their body language. I want to see their, their their attention to detail. Then I want to see when the cameraman is, is is watching the ball. I want to see the boy when he's not watching me. You know what I mean? When he's not on the ball. So what is the fullback doing? Is he taking up the right? But what's the goalkeeper doing? Um, what what's happening? What's the communication between the back four and the goalkeeper? Um, how, and I'm looking at my lads that already are part of the setup, and I'm looking at other guys who. Maybe could come into the setup. And they've got to be
0: as good, at least as good as what I have. At least as good. So when you go to watch a player then, or when you go to watch a match, do you spend um, large parts of games watching just one particular player? So uh, you're, you're, the, ball, you know, the ball can be down the other end of the pitch, but you're trying to see what the defender or the goalkeeper is, is doing down his end.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, why, why do you select uh, certain players for certain positions? um you you have to have a, a, a an overview of what he is not just when he's got the ball so the guy who whipped in the cross the other day was the left back mm. okay now now um narayan has this uh tendency to 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 bomb on because in his club they are a bit more dominant east bengal and he bombs on every time and i'm saying to him you don't bomb on every time here because you're going to get caught out um and so you're looking at him and thinking, well, he can't bomb on because they're not going to come back at him. So you 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 understand his mindset when he comes into the national team. Now he's got to change. And, is, and you have to understand how, how, that, how that process uh, happens.
0: Is it easy to coach that? You've obviously got players that are used to play week in, week out a particular way with their club. And then they come in and play with yourselves not as often. Um, is it easy to... Unteach what they've learned with their clubs for the previous few months.
1: No, it's not. Um, and look, um, here's my my uh, my outlook: is in Europe, we have to assume for the most part that the players are being coached more or less the right way, mm. the right way for their particular club. They are looked after. They are uh, well-treated, generally. Uh, they get paid, generally. And uh, there, 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 there is that professionalism, you think, um, because I've been to a few situations where I'm thinking, oh, my God, do they really? No. Where am I? No, no. no. <laughs> this can't be happening. But, but there you go. Uh, no clubs mentioned, of course. Um, and um, so... When these players uh, report for international duty to their European or their African or Asian teams, national teams, you know, as the national coach, like when I was in Malawi, I had uh, 11 or 12, uh, four or five were in South Africa, two or three were in Europe. So I know they were being better coached and better treated there than they would be if they were playing for their clubs in their own country. Okay? So that that's an advantage yeah um the the, the the problem is is when the level of coaching is not good when the level of care when the level of the detail is not there which it is not in in many countries that i have been in then you have a problem because when you look at the fifa calendar dates that they give us they are nine days okay that's fine if you're going to play one game and that one game, the date of that one game is at the end of that FIFA the date. And so you've got eight or nine days before to do something. Um, if, if that's the situation, then that's fine. But when you have two games and you have two days before a game, it's it's a huge problem for us because, A, we have to think about first the physicality. What's their physicals like? They're not great. So we need to spend two or three days just to get them into the uh, uh, the rhythm of what we demand and what we require as a national team. So uh, what I'm trying to say is that the bad habits are very, very difficult to uh, get rid of if you have a nine-day, two-game situation. Um, I need two weeks before the first game to get the players where I want them to be. Um, and that's a minimum. Mm. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's it can be quite problematic because they're not getting what they should be getting.
0: Okay, I mean, excuse me, the other thing as well, if you've got those players for a very short amount of time, you've got to coach out of them. I mean, as well as bad habits, you've got to coach out of them the method in which they, you know, if their club team's um, manner of playing is different to your manner of playing, you've got to coach that out of them. Plus you've got, if you've got an away game, then you've got to coach that out of them while, like you said earlier on, you know, checking in and traveling and flying and all that sort of thing. and I can imagine where you are as well you've got that plus at times you have to play at altitude as well which must make a difference
1: well yeah I mean um, I, I think it's not uh, you just tell them that we need to do that so for example I would say to the, the full banks you know you don't have to bomb on all the time Just you're playing for the top club in India so that's why you're bombing on all the time and there, there's no, there, no, no one's coming back at you so I don't want you to do that here because somebody will come back straight back at you uh, and, and, you know, sometimes they get punished in the game and, um, and the game is the biggest teacher uh, at the end of the day. So um, you, you have to uh, um, you have to just get on with it. Um, you ask a wide player who plays in a four three three that you want him to play in a four four two, 4 So he needs to be uh, uh, 10 yards in and, and 15 yards further down uh, because you don't want to leave the two in the middle exposed to the 4 or the 5 in the other team uh, if, if you're playing a 4-4-2 so there, there's lots of little uh, um, nuances that you, you, you need to fix and um, uh, I think that we've managed to do that over the last uh, 2 or 3 years and look they all know that when they come to us the the the, the, the level of uh, um, fitness needs to be at least 2 or 3 levels what, <laughs> higher than what they are um, they know the discipline will be there they know that um, uh it's just a different level when, it, when they come to us
0: Okay. Um, when you can scout a player uh, you're thinking of picking um, firstly do they know you're there and how do they react to that um, and secondly how often do you watch someone before picking them particularly for the first time as well
1: um, look I, I I have seen a player for five minutes um, once and I picked him for the national team
0: what did he show you in that five minutes?
1: He absolutely hammered one guy in the centre of the midfield. He absolutely nailed him.
0: What with a tackle?
1: Yeah, huh? yeah. And he he played for the country for the next twelve years. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: I uh, I saw um, a kid. We have a kid called Borges, Roland Borges. He's a bit of a Patrick Vieira tall, skinny, um, not as physical as Mr. Vieira, but um, I saw him play in a game, and every time he got the ball, um, he was giving it to a foreign player, and I thought, well, hmm, and then um, one time the foreign player wasn't there, and he he pinged it 60 yards on a clothesline, and I said to his coach afterwards, let the kid play, man, don't make him pass the ball to the foreigner, because he's better than the foreigner that you got, Hmm. Oh, coach! No, I don't know. Anyway, um, he's now been in the national team since uh, since I came, um, and he will be. Uh, he's a special player. So I, I, I think uh, you know you have the the eye, shall we say? Uh, I can see a player. I can feel it. Um, um, okay, maybe uh, out of ten, I'm wrong twice. But I'll take that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it must be nice to be. Prove wrong if you don't think someone is good enough, and then you get you know the opposite, and well, <laughs> and wow, you know all of a sudden they are actually sort of better than what you think. It must be fantastic seeing that.
1: It's funny because um, that player who who um, who made the tackle, uh, he came on as sub in the 78th minute, uh, and uh, I knew I know his coach, so um, I went down and I said, Savio, where have that boy where where have you been keeping this boy? Oh, coach. You know he's like this. He's very laid back. He's a little this and that. And I said I'm picking him for the national team. He's going no, no, coach. He's not ready. Uh, he needs more time. I said, Savio, you put him in your first eleven if you want or not. I'm picking him. And he didn't. He didn't. He didn't select him for the next game. And then two weeks later, I, I picked him for the national team camp, and everyone's going, Phew. you know. So it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not about proving somebody wrong um i i i we, we we need in india we need players who are gonna who've got the attitude uh, that they're gonna have to run they're gonna have to fight they're gonna have to push they're gonna bleed they're gonna sweat all you know all of that good stuff they gotta have that they gotta have they gotta have the attitude that i will not be beaten now you're not gonna win every game but you're gonna fight every game, uh, and, and I think uh, physically you have to be prepared to do the work. You have the ball in your feet if you are a very good player for about two minutes. So what are you doing for the other 58 minutes? Assuming that 30 minutes uh, uh, the ball's out of play, uh, so, so you're running, you're marking, you're tracking back. You're, so you know we will say, oh, we need the ball. The ball is about the, ball. the game is not about the ball. The game is about being in a position to receive the ball. But how often do you get the ball? So you clock your centre-half, Chris, at your club. You go and clock your centre-half. Every time he touches the ball, he he will touch the ball. It will be uh, half of a half of a second when he heads the ball away. You take it when he's got the ball at his feet. And you come back to me, and if he's got more than two minutes, I will cut my head off.
0: (laughs) No, I'm thinking back to myself on five-a-side. But, but, yeah, no, it's... um that's absolutely fascinating. So, what, do they feel more pressure knowing you're there? <laughs> it's like having the, the boss there. Look, uh, I think you have to ask them.
1: <laughs> you have to ask them. Look, I'm sure. I'm sure when they know I'm there, they, they, they're thinking, well, I, I better make sure I have a decent performance. Mm. Um, now, players can have bad games. Everybody makes mistakes, and you know you're not going to slaughter somebody for for, for uh, he he he. He missed an opportunity, or uh, did he get the opportunity? Was he in the position? So, uh, uh, if he wasn't in the position, then I'd be thinking, Well, you're not getting in the position, so that's a problem. Um, but no, I look, I, I always say to them, Give everything you have in every game you play, and, and you can't ask for more than that.
0: But you've never seen a player sort of look up and clop you all there and try a few rabonas oh. and nutmegs and stuff. no <laughs> <laughs> We don't,
1: we don't have nutmegs in India
0: <laughs> oh really? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no no uh, look they, they know if you're there uh, people will have told them uh, it's, it's, it's um, uh, if I'm going to Calcutta everybody and his mother knows I'm, I'm going to Calcutta it's not um, uh, and I'm sure that adds a little bit of uh, pressure to them on so, either the ones that want to get in and the ones who are, all, who are still there
0: so when you're picking players, what part of, uh, if you're calling up a player, what part, particularly for the first time, sorry, I'm just trying to give an example. If you're picking a player for the first time or you're thinking about picking a player for the first time, what percentage of you picking up player is based on analysis and stats? Uh, and what percentage of that is you, going with, your, you know, going with your gut or what you've seen with your eyes?
1: Look, I think um, you have to like a player um you have to feel that he he's he's gonna offer you something or that he deserves the opportunity to show you that he can offer you something. Um, the stats are, are just I think to confirm what you feel. Um, they don't decide. Um, they they help you make a better decision, but I don't think they are the determining factor. Your your experience, your feeling is, this boy will do for me, oh, he hasn't scored many goals Yeah, but look at the work he's done. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: look at the physical work. Look what he does in the game. He, he may not score 20 goals. I'll give you an example. We have a guy called Robin Singh, who for the last couple of years has has not scored too many goals for me. Now, I t- I've told him, as long as you're doing the work, I'll pick you. You stop doing the work and you're going to have a problem. He stopped doing the work. He didn't start the last two games. Um, and you know, he, he now has to go back to basics or he won't be there for the next camp.
0: OK. And players' personalities, well, I think so the New Zealand rugby team have got a no dickheads policy, so you can be as good as you want, but, you know, if you're an obnoxious so-and-so, we're not going to pick you. Does, does that come into... Does a player's personality come into play how you think they're going to get on, on the pitch and, more importantly, sort of off the pitch? Because they're going to be rooming with players and sat on a bus with other people as well. Does that sort of come into play as well. You can be as good as you want, but if you're going to rub people up the wrong way, I'm not picking you.
1: I, I think that's a that's a, an important part of it, yeah. I mean, um, you, you want to get um, a group of men to play um, as a team. You want these boys to, 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 they don't have to love each other, but they have to respect each other. Uh, they have to respect what each one of them brings to the table, uh, and then they got to go out and do that because that's why they' they've been selected so yeah if if I know a kid is a, 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 a bad apple and he's got a crap attitude I'd rather take a kid with a brilliant attitude and ten percent ability I will make him into a player but if I have a player with a crap attitude and ninety percent ability I'm never gonna I'm never gonna change him okay. Uh,
0: is that come across a lot on the coaching courses? You were talking earlier on about the sort of practicalities on the field and filling in your logbook and stuff. But do they teach you psychology and how to deal sort of one to one with players on the courses?
1: Yeah. Look, I think they're getting into that a, a bit more uh, than they used to. Um, um, I, I think uh, where I have been and the places I've been and the problems and the situations that I've been in with players. I I think I have a quite quite a good understanding on how players would like to be treated, um, how players should be treated. Um, You know, there's a there's a bit in the book about um, when I was at Millwall. uh, I I found it extremely difficult because I was not calling the shots. Um, Difficult in the sense that you know the way they would some of some of the players the way they would speak to the manager. Um, Was for me, you know, not great. Um, and um, look, everybody has their 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 views, but at the end of the day, there's only one manager. Um, and if he's allowed to manage the way he wants, then um, he should he should be looking at getting the players in that are going to give him what he wants. And in turn, you give the player what he needs uh, to to become a better player, or salary, or whatever it is. Um, I, I, I think it's very important that um, um, you try to understand where the player is coming from and I think uh, a lot of managers don't spend enough time trying to understand the players because it's, it's, it's quite hectic um, back in England um, but, but um, you know, I think it's uh, uh, it's worth that effort um, in the end Although some, some, some uh, I'm not saying you get close to the players, but um, know what's happening in their life. You know, know what's going on when they go home. I mean, we did uh, we did a thing where we invited um, the wives and girlfriends, or both, uh, um, of players. Um, and it, it, it was on the pretext that how to feed your man, and um, so we had the, our sports science guy it would. We'd come in and uh, we sat the girls down and we said, look, um, we control their breakfast. They come here, they have their Rice Krispies and they have their 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 milk and whatever, milkshakes and proteins and all that stuff. And, and then before they leave, we give them their lunch and we make sure that, I mean, when I went to where well, the lunch was a joke. It was <laughs> pasta and piles of spaghetti every day. And I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, and the manager said to me, well, if you want to go and change it. I said, well, I will. So I went downstairs and I said, look, Monday, Tuesday is fine. If we don't have a game on a Wednesday, but you can't be giving them trust Thursday, Friday uh, before the game, it's 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 too much, it's too heavy. Um, so so this is what we were saying to the girls. Now I said what when they change, come what did, home. It, what did you change it to? Sorry. Well, we we we, we, we changed. We had uh, uh, grilled fish. We had lighter stuff on the on, on the day the day the day before and the two days before the game. It, it, it became a little lighter, a bit more grilled, a bit more. Uh, mashed potato that goes into the bloodstream uh, that much quicker. All, all, the, all those kind of little things. You can't be having pasta and, and, and uh, bolognese sauce on a, on a bloody Thursday or Friday. You're playing Saturday. Mm. It's just ridiculous. So, so, um, so we brought the girls in and we explained um, what they should be feeding their, their men at night try and lay off the oils, not too much fried stuff, and no, no, no. Um, we had biscuits and, and, and tea and coffee for them, and I'll tell you, the information that they came uh, 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 and gave us was unbelievable. Unbelievable, what we learned from the girls about the players, you know, oh, he gets up five times in the night, he's going to the toilet, oh, bloody hell, let's give him a blood test, what, 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 why is he doing that? You know, um, lots of little things that that, that um, I, I found that extremely useful. That, that, that particular thing
0: yeah I mean at the end of the day you're dealing with human beings aren't you these are they're players but they're human beings and you know, they no, have domestic issues same as everybody else don't
1: they yeah, absolutely um, you know the player goes home and the kid's screaming at night and then he comes to training and he's pissed off because she's thrown him out you know you, 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 you've got to have some kind of I uh, don't say you get, you get into their lives where the, 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 you become intrusive but um What's happening? You know, they, they, you need to spend a bit of time. Up, I think, anyway.
0: Yeah. No, I think you're definitely right. Um, so, it, it, do you, with sort of player dynamics involved, do you decide who sits to who on the bus or who rooms with who? And is that sort of is that important? <laughs> is it? Or do you put an older sage head oh, yeah. with a younger player? Or
1: well, we have we have the problem in India. Uh, not the problem where uh, where the states are like countries. Mm. So when you when you uh, we have a policy that we don't let any. Uh, more than three players sit on the same table from the same state. Okay. So, like, we have uh, five players from the Punjab. Now, uh, the Punjabi lads, they'll get together, they'll be having a laugh, and, and if there's someone else on that table, <laughs> they're screwed because they won't be able to understand the word. So what we say is, okay, you must uh, um, break up the table. So if you add six players from Man United, let's just say, I wouldn't let them all sit together, I'd say two of you over there, two of you over there and two of you over there on different tables hmm. um, because you want everybody to get on with everybody. Now, uh, I, With regards to rooming, usually I'll put the right back with the left back, um, the two strikers together but of late I've said to them, look I don't want to keep doing this, If, if who do you want to room with? And, you know they're going to spend. Uh, uh, they need to be comfortable with the guy that they're going to to be roomed with. So sometimes, uh, or most times, I let them I let them pick that. Okay. But but when it comes to the uh, um, the dining room and stuff like that, uh, we might have six tables um, of four players or five players, uh, depending on the how it's made up. I try to get them to uh, um, not sit with the same state because they'll start speaking their their local language and um, which is no problem, but uh, you know, you have some of the other boys here there who, who who don't speak that language, so um, it's not a big deal though.
0: No. What about the uh, the East Bengal Moen Began players? Do you sort of are they okay mixing together? I mean players yeah. from any sort of rivals as well.
1: Yeah, no. I mean uh, the the they're fine. I mean um, my right back is from East Bengal and my left back is from Mombagan. Okay. <laughs> so it's yeah, there's 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 no issues. They're, you know they're pretty good lads, to be fair. No, um, I
0: remember there was a little bit of Man United, Liverpool clique supposedly in Sven-Göran Eriksson's dressing rooms. I just wondered if that played any part at all. But, yeah,
1: yeah, but, but you you have to nip that in the bud. You, you know, I, I I think if it was me, I would have said, look guys, um, this is England. We're playing for England. We're not playing for Man United. We're not playing for Liverpool. So let's leave everything to the one side. And if you can't leave it to one side, then you won't be here. Simple mm. important. Okay.
0: Um, what's the hardest thing to do as a manager? Is it telling a player he's not picked or is it rechanging changing a formation or something like that? What's the most difficult part of your job?
1: Telling a player that he's not made the squad.
0: And um, how do you do that? Do you do that where you are? It must be sort of bigger. being a bigger country. Is that a telephone call or is it a face-to-face or...?
1: No, no, no. Look, I I will select a squad of, say, 28 players, 26 players, 30 players, um, and I'll bring them all to one place, and we'll train. Um, And then we'll have a a day where we need to submit the squad of 24. I always take 24, 12 double rooms. Um, And uh, one, one of those 24 will be left out at the end. You know, he won't play the game or he won't dress, but... In case someone gets sick, uh, I, I'll take 24. Um, now, um, once they've made that 24 squad, they're fine, but the the, the four or five or the six that don't, um, because they haven't produced what we, we hoped they would produce, because, 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 um, then before I announce the squad, I will... Um, Either go to their rooms or get to come to me with uh, with my assistant manager, and um, we will say, "Look, this is the reason." Um, we ask them if they if they have anything you know they want to add, or they f- they may feel that they deserve to be there, but at the end of the day, it's um, um, my decision, and that that, that that can be quite hard sometimes, especially when it's close. You know, when there's two players, uh, it's between him and him. And you know what? What is going to do it for me? Mm.
0: Um,
1: what, is, what is going to make me pick him over him? And it will generally be his attitude.
0: Yeah, that's like, that kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier on, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to bring this to an end it in a couple of minutes, unfortunately. But I've just got another last couple of questions. Um, the first one is is sort of again a sort of personal view about 15 16 years ago I used to, I used to live in the center of uh, I still live in Leicester and I used to play football in the center what of What do Leicester. you do by, by the way what do you do? Me I work for the local government I work for my local council. And you need to follow me by the way. Uh on Twitter I did. You did? Yeah, I followed you. You didn't follow gotcha. me back. I will. <laughs> yeah, I definitely <laughs> followed you. But yeah, I'm, I I I I come from Leicester. Um and about 15 16 years ago uh, I spent a lot of time playing football against um sort of local british Asians there were sort of muslims or there were sikhs or something like that and they were phenomenally yeah. good absolutely phenomenally good they were some of the things they did they were just it was just crazy some of the tricks that they could pull off and some of the ways that they could manage to play um why don't we uh why don't we have more british asians playing professional football um, and do we need some kind of quote, not quoted, so that makes it sound a bit like it's tokenism but some kind of Rooney rule for example
1: Okay the mentality for the uh, um, for the Indian is that their parents came over in the 50s 60s for a better life um, the to get that better life the parents feel that they need to be educated uh, above all so getting a degree is more important uh, for them because that gets them a better job which then gets them that security um, that the parents want for their kids Um, the competition for everything in India is enormous enormous um, the level of competitiveness is unbelievable uh, so if there's one job there's 16,000 people going for that job uh, and, and 14,000 and I've got BAs or MEs or um, you know so, so it's very very competitive so those parents bringing up the kids in, 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 in England um, back then were education 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 and that's still the case uh, um, to, to, to a large degree and um, uh, the um, they don't see sport as a profession um, that's changing uh, because now the, the, the lads are getting some very good money here in India uh, um, and uh, um, it's changing so I think in England um, you will see uh, more players coming but um, it's not the um, it, 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 it's not the preferred route shall we say Um, you know how difficult it is to get into professional football Um, and I don't think um, uh, it's because they can't play Um, I know they can play it's just how badly do they want it Uh, you see the the, the psyche in India is generally that they get to a certain level where they've got a job and they've got a job for life and they're happy um and uh, I, I don't say they lack ambition but they want to go where they're they're more sure um, and football is not sure in even when you're in it so I think that's um, one of the big things uh, uh, um, that Asian kids have to deal with now um, they'll have pressure to 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 stay in school they'll have pressure to go to university they'll have pressure to get college degrees uh, from their parents even, Parents that are the same age as me and younger um, Indians, uh, they will be trying to get their kids into the best schools, the best college, because they feel that is the best route for them. Whereas professional football is, you've got to drop all that at seventeen, and you can't get back to it. It's very difficult.
0: Yeah, no, my nephew.
1: Come. What happens if you don't make it? Yes.
0: No, exactly. Sorry, I was just going to say my nephew is on the um, is in the academy at Coventry City, and the sacrifices that his parents have to make to take him to and from games and training and all that sort of thing plus they've got another two children as well to, who've got their own interests. It, it does ask an awful lot doesn't it
1: it does and, that, and and that's another thing you know the Indian uh, parents uh, uh, they've got to work um, they, <laughs> uh, you know sometimes you don't know how, 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 how anybody does it really I mean um, the hours um, spent waiting in the car park it's pissing down with rain and you've got to, you don't want to leave because the kid's going to get wet and, well, okay but this is uh this is um this is what they have to deal with so i think um i i think that's still um a a, a huge reason why um they're not more asian players playing i mean look if i came to england i'd bring two or three of the lads from from here that's for sure um depending on the club of course
0: yeah oh no because i mean there was harpool singh at leeds wasn't there um <laughs> and then you tried didn't you trying to get michael chopper but it didn't quite work yeah. out um so,
1: play. <laughs> sorry
0: yeah <laughs> i was trying to be diplomatic there um but yeah i mean there's there's an awful lot of british asian talent out there and to see some of it work would be absolutely fantastic because uh bacham booty when he played for it was Barry, wasn't he, he played for yeah, he, yeah. Did, he did very well over here
1: well okay he 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 actually he didn't oh didn't he uh, <laughs> no, he, he, he he was there for three years um he didn't get many games, Chris, and uh, Barry were a team where they would um, smash up around the throat area, hmm. uh, get that get that down, son. Um And uh, physically, he was fine, but um, he, he just was not suited to that type of game. I mean, you you got to put it into his feet. Very very quick, very strong on the ball, um, and I just think uh, he was very very unlucky that he went to a club that weren't playing the football that. Would get the best out of him. See, we wouldn't have him as a as a top striker. We, they put him out on the wing. We we would have him as the second striker. So I'd have a big guy up front or someone quick, and, and Bajim would play off him. But Bury, they put him out on the left, out on the right. He's not a winger, but he's short, he's quick, and they thought, okay, um, let's stick him out there. So so, so he wasn't really um, played in his in his position, and when they did play him up front, it you know it wasn't. Um, it, it, it wasn't the best of times for him to be fair but fair play to him it's not easy to, to to go to that level and get the battering that you would get in training and Tuesday night up at Rochdale
0: well I know I mean he was a guarantee when I played championship manager he was a guaranteed pick for me when I managed Norwich and he um he played up front with a young Zlatan Ibrahimovic and did very well uh, where was your manager? Uh, that was me I was on championship manager that was me oh, quality. Quality. <laughs> I could get them playing together big man little man that worked well yeah, yeah, does. <laughs> um so what's next for India? They're in this qualifying group, aren't they, for the um Asian, Asian Championship. Is that like the, the Euros, is it? In That's exactly the Euros. Okay, yeah. and you're doing pretty well in the group, I think you said at the start, didn't you? Yeah,
1: we got we uh we're top with nine points, we need another three points from three games.
0: Uh who yeah. else is in your group? You have got Macau and who else in your group? We've so got Macau, we've got Myanmar and we've got Kyrgyzstan. And who are you uh, we, to play?
1: Well, we, uh, we play Macau again. It's, um, we got them twice in a row. Okay. Uh, so uh, if, if we win uh, in October, we've qualified, no matter what, what, what happens in the, the next two games. So uh, we have 12 points. And there's going to be absolutely pandemonium here. I'm concerned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Unbelievable. Yeah, because I mean the other thing about domestic Indian football is um, I wrote an article a few years ago on the um, the Kolkata Derby because um, I was trying to look at some of the derby because everyone knows Real Madrid Barcelona and that sort of thing but I was trying to look at others that were really big um, but people didn't know so I did so, Persepolis, Estegil in Iran and oh yes yes yeah and I did Bene versus <laughs> Beitar in Israel and the other one I did was was the Kolkata Derby and there's literally a hundred thousand people for this game isn't there it's an enormous game.
1: Yeah, and uh, what about the fifty locked out?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I play five aside on a Wednesday night, and I'm a goalkeeper. So um, every Wednesday night. Every Wednesday night. So if you've got any goalkeeping tips for me on how to play five aside, I'd gratefully appreciate those. Can you use your feet? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, it's not so much the moving the feet; it's just the having to be no, mobile. Can you play? How oh, can I play? Um, I play With the your feet. <sighs> A little tiny bit. I come out. I come out and I play. Um, and I play. But I. I try and imagine myself being Xavi Alonso. I think I'm more sort of, you know. No, sort no. Of you a bit... don't
1: need to be Xavi Alonso. You need just to be able to receive the ball and and, and get it to your right or to your left where your, where where two of your teammates should be. Um, but but if they are comfortable passing the ball back to you, you become. It becomes a six against five.
0: Oh, do you know what? I remember? Something that Johan said, he said, Always pass the ball to the person wanting it, always pass it about two feet in front of them.
1: Well, yeah, that's 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 not the case if he's standing still, mm. he's got to be moving to be able to do that because if he ain't moving, he ain't going to get it. No, I, okay, so I, I tell you personally the, what the, I, con, the concept's right, pass it uh, um, in front of him if he's on the move, but if he stood still, you've got to give it to his feet,
0: okay. But, but, but I'm just trying to think more what I struggle with personally out on pitch. Probably it's the, the thing I probably struggle with. And I'm quite good at passing. The problem is is when I sort of get under pressure a bit from the opponent, I sort of um, panic a bit and wonder what to do. Put it into touch. Uh, we, we play sort of kickboards five a side, so the ball never goes into touch.
1: Well, is it, if you if you were to kick the ball out, it wouldn't go out? It'd hit the fence
0: and come back in? It'd hit the wall and come back in, yeah.
1: OK, that's better than you giving it to him and him scoring.
0: No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, but no, if someone sort of comes to close me down, I sort of think, ah, now what do I do? And I sort of try and get rid quick when, you know, really I should sort of take a second to to find a pass well, or something.
1: Look, the, 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 I, I would say to you then this, when the ball is coming to you, that's when you're going to be looking. Yeah. Not when you've got it. You know, when you, if, 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 if you're waiting, if you're the ball is being passed back to you, As that ball is travelling to you, that's when you've got to be looking where you're going to go right, where you're going to go left or you're going to just smash it down the middle. Um, Because if you get it, it's at your feet, you're going to do two things. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to put your head down and look at the ball. Mm -hmm. And while your head's down, you're thinking, where do I put it? By the time you pick your head up where you thought you were going to put it, it's not there anymore.
0: That's exactly what I do. (laughs) So I'm I'm going to do what you said.
1: So what I, I would say to you, Chris, is before the ball comes, have a look and decide, I'm going that way. So when the ball does come, you're not looking down at the ball. You're passing the ball to the right and you get out of trouble. It's just being aware of who, who's either side of you. Because usually when someone's coming bearing down on you, you, you would like two of the lads to be, it's five a side with the goalkeeper or without the goalkeeper?
0: Um, well, it depends on five, numbers. Sometimes with, sometimes without.
1: Okay, so then uh, uh, you'd like to think that the ball's coming at you and someone's closing you down, that two of your defenders have come either side to give you that option. Brilliant if they have. If they haven't, you just got to put it out or put it against the wall, but make the mistake or, or, or force the ball further up the field. Okay. Don't you have a first touch, head down, second touch, and then he's, he's nicked the ball off you, which I'm sure has happened.
0: Uh, yes, it has happened many times. Can I ask you about two other things I struggle with then? yeah go on go on uh, striking a shot, in a shot I don't, I don't really unless I'm toe poking it generate a lot of power
1: um, look a toe poke is something that um, it's not going to be a big distance it's going to be something that they're not going to expect yeah. but it's not um, there's no power in that generally um, so your question is what exactly uh, how what, do I my- generate more power striking the ball it with the instep with the laces okay uh, about the middle of the ball yeah uh, and, and that will get a bit of height on it but um, if you want the ball to stay down then obviously you've got to get your knee over the ball and uh, um, and then your non-kicking foot comes into play as well it, depending on where your non-kicking foot is okay. um, these are
0: five eye goals so they're a bit smaller so
1: well your 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 are You you want the power for shooting. Um, you're not going to be pinging balls 60 yards, are you?
0: No, I'd like a good hard shot.
1: Well, then you hit, strike it through the laces.
0: Okay. And then when I do come out, I tend to sort of stay at the back and defend. But they've got players with sort of a lot silkier skills than me. Um, I'm presuming you're going to sort of say, make sure I just keep my eye on the ball. But it's, it's really, really hard to get a tackle in. So what I try and do, I try and sort of... Um, are you th- I try and shield the ball so I sort of force them backwards play play the ball backwards but are you the goalkeeper? Uh, not in this occasion no sometimes I sort of this is when I'm out uh, on pitch
1: Okay, so what's the question then when you're out on pitch?
0: Uh, when I'm out on pitch I I, I don't always make my tackles when I sort of go to make them because I often get bamboozled with sort of people doing step overs and stuff so what I try to do I try to stand between the goal and them to force them to play the ball backwards but how do I sort of tackle the ball when someone's bamboozling me with a sort of step over
1: okay the only way that they can do that is if you're right up them Mhm. okay so if, if 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 he makes a step over and he's right in front of you you're always going to go to the way to where he steps his first step is going to move you Yep. do you follow yeah um, and if you're too close there's no way for you to come back so um, I, I, I'm assuming you're not the quickest
0: no.
1: so, so then I would say to you that don't stand too close to the guy so give yourself a couple of yards so he can do his step over and it's not going to affect you or if he does do the step over you have time to get back
0: into place, does that make sense? No perfect sense, do I stand side onto him or flat waist to him? Depends which way you want him to go into now, right, into the corner. Well, you you
1: you you have to decide by your body language where you're going to make him go. Okay, and if you if you're if you're very tight up against him, he will still beat you because you haven't got any pace. So you need to be a little bit off him, put your body between him and the ball, but in in such a way that you're forcing him down the side away from the middle of the goal, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, um, and then. You push him to the side. Now, if he beats you down the side and you've you've got two yards on him, you should be able to uh, um, push him out wide enough where he's not going to be a, a threat. But um, and you don't need to go to the floor either. You don't need to make a tackle. Mm. Not in not in real football. And then, mind five side you just need him to push it back or sideways. You okay. don't have to. You're a defender. You don't have to take the ball off him.
0: Okay. Right, I'm going to tweet you on Thursday morning and tell you how I got on. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> uh, if our listeners want to follow you on Twitter, how do they how do they do that? What's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is
1: Stephen Constan. Okay. Um.
0: Yeah. Okay, so they can follow you on there. And has Indian football got a um, tw- Twitter page as well? Can we follow you on there, or follow follow their fortunes on there?
1: Yes, uh, I think it's called Indian football, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Okay. So we can give a follow on there. We can see how you get on with your Asian Cup qualification. When, when is it and where is it? Sorry, the Asian Cup.
1: Well, uh, the next game is on October the 11th. Um, this game will be played in Bangalore, and uh, that will be against Macau, 7:30 Indian time. Yeah. Um, and as I said, if we manage to get the three points in that game, um, it will be um, quite an achievement. And we will have qualified for the uh, for the Asian Cup.
0: So where are the finals being held?
1: Uh, in the United Arab Emirates.
0: Okay, and when's that? Uh,
1: January 2019.
0: Okay, so we can keep our eyes up. now Stephen, I really, really appreciate absolutely everything on here that you've um, you've given up time. You've gone into great depths about. Uh, a variety of subjects, and you've made me into uh, Franz Beckenbauer on Wednesday night. So <laughs> I, re- I really, really appreciate that. Um, at Man on the Post is the Twitter account uh, for this listeners. Uh, at World Football Eye is the Twitter account for World Football, and you can hear um, more uh, podcasts on European leagues, South American, North American leagues, and tactics as well. Um, thank you ever so much, Stephen. Once again, thank you so much for
1: having me on the show, and. Um, uh... I I wait wait with bated breath
0: at the result on Thursday. (laughs) And always remember to keep your man in the post. (laughs)